Welcome back to the Encounter Radio Show with Bill Reeser on 99.1 FM, life-changing radio, WJMM. So grateful for your support of this radio station and all the wonderful programs uh, that you hear all day on 99.1 WJMM. So grateful for your support of the Encounter Radio Show and the Encounter Ministry. We've been working through the Encounter Bible Study, which I'm so excited uh, that is now available on Amazon Encounter, where hope can be found with Bill Reeser, a discipleship path to a life of freedom and spiritual growth. I hope you'll pick one up. I hope you'll join an Encounter Bible study. I've been talking about it all week. Just email me at bill at org. I'll get you more information about a Tuesday night Bible study with men and women uh, that are waiting on you to join them. As soon as they have uh, enough people in the group, we're going to launch it. And it's going to start in a couple of weeks. Uh, so email me about, about that. Now, yesterday and the day before, we've been talking and working through Anchor 5. Anchor 5 is all about your identity in Christ. You got to know your identity in Christ. Realize who I am in Christ and reject the lie that I am my character defects and sins. You know, the Bible says that Jesus was tempted in every way, but never once sinned. You know why? He knew who he was. He knew his purpose. And he knew where he was going. And if Jesus was tempted and challenged in his identity to the maximum degree, then we can expect to be tempted and challenged in the same way. And like Christ, we need to be ready with the truth of God and his word. Defeat, listen, defeated Christians typically have two things in common. They don't know who they are in Christ and they don't understand what it means to be a child of God. Let me say it again. Defeated Christians typically have two things in common. They don't know who they are in Christ, and they don't understand what it means to be a child of God. See, the enemy wants to keep you from knowing your true identity, because if you really believe what God says about you, well, you might just start living that way. Listen, if you really believe you were forgiven, you wouldn't walk around with so much guilt and shame. If you really believe you're accepted by God, you wouldn't look for acceptance from other people. If you really believed you are secure, you wouldn't be so consumed with the things of this world. If you really believe you are significant in Christ, you, you would live your life with confidence and not succumb to codependent behaviors. If you really believe you have the mind of Christ, you would start taking your thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ and be better equipped to resist temptations. If you really believe that God lives in you, you wouldn't feel so all alone and you would let him guide your life. That's, that's just part of the Christian life. If you really believe that God calls you holy, redeemed, sanctified, perfect, justified, friend, highly loved, highly favored, chosen, a royal priesthood, complete, free from condemnation, the object of his affection, a saint, a child, if you really believe that, well, you would start living that way. So I believe that. And so it's easier for me to live like that. And I don't have to listen to the lies that tell me otherwise. See, Satan continually continues to tell you that you are a sinner. I hear that from so many Christians. Well, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. But God calls believers saints and declares them righteous, not because they're good or sinless, but because of what Jesus has done for them. A believer is a saint who still sins, but one who sins less and less. In other words, sinning is something you may still do, but it's not who you are. And when you see the same, when you see the word sinners and saints in the Bible, they're identity statements. A sinner refers to someone who's not a follower of Jesus. Followers of Jesus are called saints. Those are identities, not behaviors. 
We are not sinners saved by grace. We were sinners that were saved by grace. We are now saints that still sin who still need God's grace. I know I do. Now, Satan may try and convince you that your identity comes from what you do, but God says your identity comes from what he has already done for you. See, you are the person he calls you, not who the world calls you or even, or even who you call yourself. And tragically, many Christians will spend an entire lifetime trying to become somebody they already are. And if you are a follower of Jesus, God doesn't say you have to wait to become who he made you to be. He declares that this is your identity now. And perhaps the biggest obstacle to knowing our true identity in Christ is the fact that we look for acceptance, security, and significance in all the wrong places. The three basic psychological needs are, are felt by these three basic psychological needs are felt by everyone, and we have, we have sought fulfillment in many places outside a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And when we look for those three things in other people in this world and through ourselves and our accomplishments, we end up with an identity crisis. And there, I'm not sure if you know this, but there are approximately 140 scriptures in the New Testament that validate our acceptance, security, and significance in Christ. The following are only a handful. The following validate our acceptance. And realizing that you're accepted by God in Christ is where your identity starts. First one is, I'm, I'm, I'm God's child. Yet to all who, who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become a child of God. You're a child of God. That's who you are. I'm a friend of Christ Jesus. I no longer... In John 15, 15, I no, I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I've learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You're also called justified. Romans 5, 1. Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. You've also been bought with a price. You belong to God. 1 Corinthians 6.20, you were bought at a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. And here it is, I am a saint. Ephesians 1.1, 1, 1, to the saints of Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. You are a saint. You're also holy and blameless in his sight. Did you know that? Ephesians 1.4, he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. That's who you are. You also have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 2.18. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. You've also been redeemed and forgiven of all your sins. That's another identity statement, Colossians 1.14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. You're also complete. Let me tell you something. Never look at someone and say, you complete me. You are complete in Christ. Colossians 2.10 says, and you are complete in him. In Jesus, not by anyone else, but in him. Security is a big one. Ultimately, security is not found in your career, marriage, ministry, or any, or any other person. Your security is found in Christ and Christ alone. So, Romans 8.1 says, you're free from condemnation. Boy, that's a security statement right there. Therefore, now there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. You're free from any condemnation condemning charges against me who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen it is God who justifies so you're free from those condemning charges and Romans 8 39 nothing can ever separate you from the love of God neither height nor depth nor anyone anyone else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God 
that is in Christ Jesus. You've also can stand firm in Christ because you've been established, anointed, and sealed by God. 2 Corinthians 1 says, Now it is God who makes both of us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. You're also hidden with Christ in God, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God, Colossians 3.3. You're also, here it is, I'm a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20, but our citizenship is in heaven. You're not a citizen of this world. You're a citizen of heaven. Now listen, significance is a huge deal. We all want our lives to count for something. And God knew this and designed us to have significance in all things. Now, the Bible says that we are the salt and light of the earth. Matthew's, Matthew 5, 13 says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. You're also called a branch of the true vine and a channel of his life. John 15, 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you, remain, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I've been chosen and appointed to bear fruit that will last. So, this is so important. John 15 says, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last, so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. What a great promise. You're also a personal witness of Jesus Christ. Acts 1.8, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. That, did you know that you're a personal witness for Jesus Christ, you're also an ambassador. We're going to talk about that in a second. You're a minister of reconciliation, 2 Corinthians 5, 19, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and has committed to us the message of reconciliation. You're a minister of reconciliation. You're also God's co-workers, 2 Corinthians 6, 1. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. 2 Corinthians 5, 20, here it is. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. When was the last time you introduced yourself as an ambassador for Christ? Because that's what you're called. You're an ambassador for Christ. You're also part of a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation belonging to God, First Peter. But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. You're also seated with Jesus in the heavenly realms. Ephesians 2, 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. You're also God's workmanship. Another translation is his masterpiece. For we are his workmanship, his masterpiece, created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Do you know that God called you his masterpiece? That's what you are. Also, you may approach God with freedom and confidence. In him through faith, in him we may approach God with freedom and confidence, Ephesians 3.12. So what's next? So as I've shared before on this radio station, we want everyone to journal an identity statement about yourself. And if you're listening to the Encounter Radio Show, I want you to journal an identity statement 
about yourself based on the scriptures that we just reeled off on the Encounter Radio Show. Include statements of acceptance, security, and significance in Christ. And here's my personal identity statement from my journaling of the Encounter Bible Study. My name is Child of the One True King. I am forgiven. I am redeemed. I am accepted. I am secure. I am significant. I'm a promise keeper recipient of the only true promise keeper. I'm a citizen of heaven and not of this world. I am a kingdom representative on a kingdom assignment based on who I am in Christ for the time I have in this world. I'm a free person set free from the bondage of sin, shame, lies, my past guilt, my regrets, my doubts, fears, insecurities, character defects, lies, and tactics of the enemy, and anything or anyone else that opposes the truth of who I am in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. The old is gone, dead and buried. I've been raised from the dead, spiritually because I'm a born-again follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a spirit-filled, spirit-minded, spirit-guided temple of the Holy Spirit. I am seated with God. I'm an heir to the throne. I'm an ambassador of reconciliation. I'm a royal priesthood who is the priest of my home and a called priest unto my God, operating under the anointing and calling of the Holy Spirit. In Christ, I'm a personally handcrafted masterpiece by God for His pleasure to be used for His purposes. In Christ, I'm secure in my calling, in my destiny, in my destination, in my trial, in my failures and in my victories. I am victorious in Christ and no longer a victim but a victor. In Christ, I'm a blood-bought, blood-washed, blood-sanctified, blood-marked soldier for the King and no weapon formed against me will ever prosper. In Christ, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. In Christ, I'm an overcomer who will go through trouble but will take heart because Jesus has overcome the world. In Christ, I am who God says I am because the great I am said I am and that settles the issue. No one can argue with me on these facts. No one can dispute them. They are indisputable. No one can change my mind because I now have the mind of Christ and to call me a liar would in essence be saying that God is a liar. In Christ, I am not the great I am, but I am all these things in Christ because my daddy in heaven said I am. Thank you for tuning in to the Encounter Radio Show.